it almost seems like now I've got connections in every single province. No matter where I'm at, there's always somebody that I'll know who's got a facility if I need to work out or if I need a place to stay kind of thing. So that's it's just an awesome experience, especially it almost feels like a brotherhood and, and I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Welcome to episode 243 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. Plenty of movement in the pro ranks with Alberta's baseball products, so let's start there this week. It's been a roller coaster ride, to say the very least, for Calgary's Michael Soroka for the past few days. On Tuesday morning, it was announced he was being called up again by the Atlanta Braves. He had just been named the International League's Pitcher of the Month, leading the league in opposing batting average and whip, ranking third in strikeouts while going 1-1 one one with a 2.77 ERA and five starts. Soroka gets the start against St. Louis that night and goes three innings, allowing two home runs and five earned, while also striking out six and taking the loss. By all accounts, it amounted to a couple of mistakes for pitches. However, he had some numbness in his fingers and unfortunately was placed on the 15-day injured list with forearm inflammation. With the Braves heading into the playoffs, there's likely no rush to get him back into the lineup as they've been managing his return after a couple of injury-plagued seasons. We will certainly continue keeping an eye on Soroka. Another young man with a wild couple of weeks has been Damiano Palmagiani. The Vauxhall Academy product has put together yet another solid season in the Toronto Blue Jays system, hitting 249 with 19 home runs and 71 RBI in 108 games for the AA New Hampshire Fisher Cats. That performance earned him a promotion to the AAA Buffalo Bisons, where he hasn't looked out of place at all in his first three games, hitting 545 with three doubles and five RBI, including this first home run Tuesday night. That ball's hit deep to left field. That one's way back there. Muziati watches it sail on out of here. First triple-A home run for Damiano Palmagiani. He has left the yard, and the Bison strike right back and get two of those three runs back. Another multi-hit game for Palmagiani in a Bison uniform. Now five RBIs since joining the team over the weekend. Congrats and continued success to Damiano. Speaking of first home runs at a new pro level, how about former Okotoks Dogs product Jacob Melton? Here at double A. Here he swings and hits one high in the air to right field down the line. And this one is gone. A home run. First double A blast by Jacob Melton. And he defies the Corpus Christi breeze. Hitting one down the right field line, it cleared the bullpen in right and landed on top of the the water park out there. What a, a shot by Jacob Melton as he gives the Hooks a 2-1 to one lead here in the sixth inning. The second round pick of the Houston Astros started the year with the high A Asheville Tourists where he hit 244 with 18 home runs and 42 RBI in 86 games, earning a promotion to double A. He's played in six games now for the Corpus Christi Hooks where he clubbed that dinger on Tuesday night. And how about one more round tripper courtesy of Gavin Logan? There's a fly ball hit to deep right field. Spain going back to the track. He's looking up, and this is gone! Gavin Logan, a homer to right field. The Hops take a 4-2 lead. The Alberta native silencing the British Columbia crowd. His sixth home run of the year. RBI's 21 and 22. And is there any place he'd rather hit a home run than on his home soil? Gavin Logan with a big blow here in the 10th inning. Hell yeah. Some water. 
Dogs Academy and Okotoks Dogs alum has split this season between the single A Visalia Rawhide and high A Hillsborough Hops, where he hit that home run against the Vancouver Canadians in the top of the 10th, which turned out to be the winning runs in a 4-3 victory last Friday. In total, the Oyen native is hitting 178 this season with six home runs and 23 RBI in 70 games. Kudos to the St. Albert Minor Baseball Association on a great job hosting the Western Canada Prospects Series. The four Western provinces were represented with BC sweeping their way to a championship. Saskatchewan won silver while Alberta claimed bronze with a win over Manitoba. Congratulations as well to the Calgary Cubs on winning the 19U division at the Keith Jorgensen Memorial Tournament in Lethbridge during the Labor Day long weekend. Congrats as well to the 16U champion Babe Ruth Calgary Blues. A tip of the cap as well to the community, the volunteers and umpires in Lethbridge for putting on yet another great show. And lastly, Ballpark Digest is out with its attendance numbers. For summer collegiate leagues and across all of North America, the Okotoks Dogs rank third by overall attendance. The Edmonton Riverhawks picked up fifth spot, while the Sylvan Lake Gulls, Medicine Hat Mavericks, and Lethbridge Bulls all cracked the top 100. Baseball is certainly alive and well in our province. All right, on to this week's guests, and we have some great ones lined up, including a wonderful conversation with Lethbridge product and Winnipeg Gold Eyes pitcher Landon Barassa. But first, the Blue Jays Academy Canadian Future Showcase set for September 19th to 23rd in Toronto, featuring some of the best up-and-coming talent from across this country. As we get closer to the event, we wanted to preview it with a few of the Alberta-born and trained athletes taking part. This week, we have two, starting with Cochrane. Simon Baker. He played a lot of baseball in Northwest Calgary, eventually joining Weber Academy, where he's been a standout as both a pitcher and an outfielder for the Wildcats. The six foot three star has represented Alberta at the Canada Summer Games, among a number of other tournaments, and was also named to the junior national team earlier this year. Simon, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Oh, no problem. What a crazy year it's been for you, and it's not even over yet. Let's start there. How excited are you to be a part of the Blue Jays Academy Canadian Futures Showcase? Uh, I'm super excited. Um, I was there last year. I got a feel for things, and now I'm ready to go there and make some noise, hopefully. Do you have any expectations or goals set out for yourself heading into this one? Uh, not specifically. I'm just trying to play good and see where things go from there. What uh, take take us back to last year and and what that experience was like for you? Um, it was super new, it was super scary for me going into that showcase. Kind of haven't done a big showcase before, but um, I saw it in pretty nice, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm ready for the next one for sure. What kinds of things do you feel you've learned from last year's experience that you can take into this year and, and improve upon it and make sure that you make a, a real lasting impression on everybody who's watching? Um, just like the like the atmosphere of it and the, the level of ball. I know I know what to expect, which is which is nice so I can be prepared. How much do you lean on guys like Jeff Peach and Chris Reitzma? You've got them in your, your back pocket. Do you lean on them or others to, to make sure you take advantage of this opportunity? Yeah, for sure. I, Chris Reitzma, Cole Armstrong, Jeff Peach. I, I, I lean on them a lot for advice. They, they've been around the game. They know what they're doing. So it's, it's nice to have people I can go to. Does it up the ante a little bit given that it's in Rogers Center this year? Uh, no, I'm actually looking forward to being warm. Last year was a little cold. 
So you were also named to the junior national team this year, yet another notch in the belt for you, getting a chance to travel around with that team. What was that experience like from your perspective? It was super new. I, it was awesome. It was a new experience for me. I was super nervous going in, but um, yeah, I, the experience was awesome. The level of ball was insane, and yeah, I'm, I'm super happy I could be a part of that. Any favorite memories or moments he had from that time? Um, not specifically. The, the Dominican trip was super, super life-changing. See what kind of conditions they play baseball in there. Is, that was probably my favorite part. Mm-hmm. What was it like getting to meet all the different guys from across the country as well and getting to kind of pick their brain, learn a little bit from them, I suppose, and, and also just getting to, to make some friendships along the way? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was awesome. They're super, like, different location, but they all had similar stories. What did it mean to represent the Maple Leaf? Uh, it means a lot. Like, representing my country playing baseball is, is a dream, just as much as getting to the, the MLB. It's, it's just an honor. Back here at home, you also repped Alberta at the Canada Cup. What did that mean to you? Uh, Alberta means a lot to me, too. Um, representing my province in Canada's games is um, super, super important to me to, uh, to you know, build Alberta's reputation for having good ball players. Mm-hmm. You and I were chatting about this off-air a little bit and wanted to get your on-air uh, thoughts on this. Did you ever think growing up that you'd have these kinds of opportunities on a baseball field? No, I never could have imagined playing like, high-level baseball when I was a little kid. I was, I was a hockey guy growing up, so that was my first love, so it's crazy to be now I'm playing this for a very high level. Mm-hmm. Speaking of growing up, who got you into baseball in the first place? Uh, my parents, actually. I was pretty reluctant to try at the start, um, but my parents made me play my first game, and uh, it was actually a cold, rainy day, and it was miserable, but I got back in the car, and my mom asked me how it went, and I said, it was pretty good. So, <laughs> if that was a pretty good time, then as mentioned, you were a hockey guy growing up, so how difficult was that to make that transition, especially given, you know, we're living in a community and living in a province that really hockey's first, football's kind of second, and then everything else is sort of that tertiary. Yeah, um, uh, I played hockey up until grade nine, and then after grade nine, it was it was a COVID year, and I was, I was, ready, to, I was ready to be done with baseball. Um, it wasn't a hard decision, I don't really miss it. But I had fun while I played it. Mm-hmm. You're not all not only playing one position either. You're a pitcher and you're an outfielder as well. How did that all come to be for you? Um, well, I've always two way growing up. I'm I'm slowly transitioning into just an outfielder, but yeah, I've, I've certainly pitched the least I've pitched this season for sure. But I still like it. Still enjoy pitching and try to do it as much as possible. It helps when I'm healthy. So. Mm-hmm. Do you watch guys like Otani and go, hey, maybe I got a shot at maybe giving a shot at this? Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I watch him on TV. He's awesome. But I'm, I've kind of always had my mindset of just being a one-way guy eventually. Mm-hmm. What is it about the, the outfield side that you like over the pitching side, or, or what made you decide to, to lean that way? Um, being in the outfield is one of my favorite things about playing baseball, just tracking down a ball, running a long way, making a nice play. It's super satisfying, super fun. 
a common theme that I'm hearing out of you is that getting comfortable in the uncomfortable. Um, is that something that you kind of pride yourself on is, is taking on some new challenges and, and whether it's going to uh, international countries or whether it's, you know, just stepping into an unfamiliar sport almost? Do you, is it something that you you pride yourself on? Yeah, for sure. It's, like, I always tell myself if you do it once, the next time it's going to be a whole lot easier. So it's just getting that first one done and then the next one can only be easier from there. What's next for you? I know last I checked in on you, you're still uncommitted. Do you have any plans? Have you been fielding offers? What's sort of on your to-do list over the next little while here? Yeah, I've been uh, I've been talking to schools, and um, but I've, there's no pressure on me to commit. So I'll, I'll I'll take my time with it. I'll for sure go to T12 and um, and feel things out there before I make any decisions. Do you have anything in mind or any any preferences or prerequisites, I suppose, in terms of what you're looking for when you're when you're talking to coaches and scouts and thinking about that that next step in the baseball journey? Yeah, for sure. Um, how they treat me on the calls is probably how they're going to treat me there. So, I, if the schools, you know, missing calls and stuff, I I tend to stay away from them. So. Mm-hmm. In terms of schooling, do you have anything in mind in terms of what you want to want to chase on the schooling part or, or that kind of thing? Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, without baseball, without playing college baseball, I'd probably go into something like software engineering. But playing baseball and uh, doing engineering course in college is probably unrealistic. So I'm looking at going into business along that lines. Couple more questions for you here, Simon. Obviously, you're you're going through the the path with Weber Academy. For those who are just entering Weber Academy and thinking about going through the daily grind, that kind of thing, now with the benefit of 2020 hindsight for you, what kinds of advice would you offer to those kids who are who are just starting out? Um, well, I, I have two bits of advice. Um, it's a grind. Like, it's, it's every day. It's lots of baseball, lots of like school work that doesn't look like it's going to help, but it, it does. sure and the final one for you it's one we ask everybody what does the game of baseball mean to you well it's it's super fun like it's it's enjoyable it's fast fun to play but uh, it also gives you life lessons right helping you through adversity being in an extremely uncomfortable environments pushing through and then it's got like a, it's a great opportunity though like to play college baseball and professional baseball take you lots of places even if you don't go all the way with it. Mm. And uh, the people we meet along the way, teammates, coaches, they're lifelong bonds, and um, the connections you make from, from baseball is uh, super important. Fantastic stuff. Well, Simon, really appreciate the time. Congratulations on all the success you've had at this point. Continued success going forward in your baseball journey. Looking forward to keeping tabs on you. And thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much. Speaking of two-way players who have starred with the junior national team, Benito Benilla has been turning heads for years coming out of Halifax. A couple of years ago, he made the move to Oak Tokes to join the Dogs Academy program and has taken his game to the next level, committing to Missouri State when he's done high school. Benito, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. Thank you for having me. What a crazy year it's been for you, and it's not even over yet. Let's start there. How excited are you to be a part of the Blue Jays Academy Canadian Future Showcase? 
Uh, it's an honor to go back for the second year in a row. Uh, it's, it was one of my goals, and it's going to be great to reconnect with old Team Canada teammates and guys from the Okotoks Dogs. Do you have any expectations of yourself or goals that you'd like to meet as you head into this one? I think it'll be cool to participate in the home run derby at the end of the showcase. So that's something that I want to I want to uh, accomplish. So very cool. This isn't, as you mentioned, this isn't the first time you're going to this event. Uh, what did you take away from last year's event that you hope to bring into this year? Uh, just uh, just to take in everything on and off the field. Everyone's going to be competing to showcase their talent and stuff, but it's going to take a moment to really get to know the people you're playing with and just enjoy just enjoy the environment. Talking to a few guys who've done this more than once, they feel like the first year is sort of a whirlwind, like you don't necessarily know what to expect. And so when they go back the second year, they're able to kind of soak it in a little bit more. Do you feel you're in the, you're in the same boat? Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this trip the best trip and just have fun with it. Do you feel any pressure, conversely, to maybe up the ante uh, at all compared to last year? There's not really that much pressure for me personally. I mean, just to go out there and show what I can do and what I know I can do. So there's not that much pressure for me. Excited to play in Rogers Center this year? It's going to be a lot of fun to play in the Rogers Center. Last year, it was in Ottawa, which is great, but it won't have the same effect that the Rogers Center will have. How cool is that? As mentioned, you're you're hoping to maybe soak it in a little bit more. This is this is a big league ballpark we're talking about. This is where the Blue Jays play. It's where it can, it's Canada's team kind of thing, and they've recently done a bunch of upgrades as well. So you're hoping to maybe do a little bit of a tour and around and that kind of thing to really kind of enjoy the moment a bit. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, playing in a big league stadium is something that you dream of as a kid. So to be able to get that opportunity is great. As mentioned, you were named to the junior national team as well this year, getting a chance to travel around a bit with the team. What was that experience like from your perspective? It was amazing just to meet top players and compete with the top players in Canada and just learn everything and just be a part of it. It was just amazing. Mm. Any favorite memories or moments from that time? I have to say, when you just first put on the jersey, it's, it's just uh, a lot of emotions that... You're wearing your country on your chest and just representing the whole country. But I also would have to say that uh, hitting a home run against Houston was definitely up there for one of the top top moments for me. I can only imagine. You segued really well into my next question, which was going to be about um, just the, the feeling of being able to represent that Maple Leaf. What does that mean to you, and, and why did that mean so much to you? It means a lot because only a select few get to, get to do that on like not just baseball but any sport so to be named one of the guys to go and wear Canada on the chest is just it's just a great feeling mm. back here in Alberta you've been a part of a big dogs academy team that's won a lot of tournaments and events over the last couple of seasons here what's that program meant to you in your development not only as a, a ball player but also as a human being uh, the dogs changed my life for sure they taught me how to be become a young man and just grow up and Learn how to connect with people on not just the friendship, but like build a brotherhood on, build a brotherhood with them. So it's definitely, it's been a great experience and I can't wait to get back and play again over there. It's funny, you've said you've been there a couple of years now. When you were first thinking about the possibility of heading out to Okotoks, especially coming from the other side of the country, was there any trepidation on your part at all when you were being recruited to come out here? For me, I knew right away that that's somewhere I wanted to be, but 
my family, they were a bit hesitant on it, but they knew that at the end of the day, it was the best decision for me to continue my baseball career and go as far as I can. Has that experience been as advertised in your eyes? Yes, 100%. Thinking back on it, I'm always curious about like time travel and being able to go back in time to meet your former self and be able to say, hey, did you, would you have ever thought that I'd be able to do these kinds of cool things? From your perspective, if you could go back to being like eight years old, would eight-year-old you believe the kinds of things that you've been able to accomplish over the course of the last few years here? Um, I think so. I think as a kid, you know, I just, I dream, I dream big. So it's something, all these things are something that I expected to accomplish, but I definitely believe that eight-year-old me would be very, very shocked and just excited that I actually did accomplish all these goals. Mm -hmm. Speaking of growing up, who got you into baseball in the first place while you were growing up in Halifax? All the credit goes to my father. Uh, He's from the Dominican Republic, and once he moved to Canada, I was kind of born into the game. It was just in my blood right away. The first thing I can remember was having a baseball in my hand, throwing it around his backyard. Did you have a favorite team or a player growing up? The Blue Jays are my favorite team for sure, and I, I enjoyed watching Jose Reyes play. Very cool. Was it all baseball all the time for you, or were you a multi-sport guy growing up? I played a little bit of hockey in the winter just because baseball wasn't all year round at the time, so I just played some hockey to stay active, keep my body moving. Mm-hmm. You're heading to Missouri State next fall. How did that opportunity all come to be? Uh, my coach... Our recruiting coordinator at the Dogs, uh, Coach Duda, he he uh, connected me with them, and I created a great relationship with the coaches over there, and it just felt like a perfect match. So I had to I had to say yes on the opportunity. What excites you most about that program? Uh, just the compete level of their success in the past, and me knowing a couple of guys that are going to go up in the same class as me is also something really fun. From a studies perspective, they always talk about the student athlete and the students always first. What are you planning on studying down there? Uh, right now, I'm mostly thinking about taking business. Very cool. Uh, is the plan to stay as a two-way guy or for as long as possible, or do you think uh, you'll have to focus on one over the other before too long? As of right now, I can continue as a two-way, but I feel like if one thing improves better than the other, I can always lean on one, but... For right now, they're both equally as good, so I'll just continue to play as a two-way. Talk about that evolution of you being able to do both. Was that something that you've always been able to do? Was that something that you've had to kind of hone your craft on? Walk us through um, trying to, to do both as to the best of your ability. Uh, it's something I've always been doing, but older you get, it's hard to balance the both with being able to throw a bullpen one the day or being able to hit and just take care of your body. But the more as you mature, the more you can understand your body and what it needs to take to recover after doing one or the other. So I just think you need to understand your body and just just go with it. How cool has it been to watch, not just Otani, I mean, he's such a, a special talent, but you're seeing more guys do it at the college level. You're seeing more guys getting drafted from the college level who are two-way guys, so it's not like it's a, a forbidden thing anymore. Like, there's there's actually some interest in being able to do both now um, from a number of different levels. It's great to see. I mean, in the past, people were limited to do one or the other, but it's great to see that people are able to showcase the talent on the mount and also at the plate. So it's something that that's good to see. 
in a dream situation, let's say you got drafted by the Toronto Blue Jays, do you see yourself as a bullpen guy along with maybe a, uh, an infielder? What positions would you love to play? As of right now, I can see myself as a corner infielder, corner outfielder type of thing, and I'd love to come in and close games. That would be great. That'd be fantastic. A couple more for you before we let you go here. Let's say you head back to Dogs Academy or maybe you're in Halifax and you get stopped by a young kid who's just starting out on their own baseball journey and they're asking you for some words of wisdom or some advice on how to go forward in in your own footsteps. What kinds of things would you say to them? I would say just enjoy it. Enjoy it when you're young and just take in every moment. You never know when it can end. So just keep going. Work really hard. Stay humble and just focus on what you love you've been doing that very very well sir final question for you it's one we ask everyone what does the game of baseball mean to you oh, it means everything to me i wouldn't be the person i am today without it i wouldn't have met the people i have without it and it's just taught me how to become a better person overall you've been a fantastic guest here on the podcast benito again congratulations on all the success you've had at this point continued success going forward in your baseball journey and beyond and uh, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast thank you for having me and finally as the season here at home winds down we'll be looking to catch up with a few of the pro players who we haven't talked to in a while to get updates from them and landon barassa definitely fits that description we first got to know him back on episode 75 when he was with the university of san francisco a few episodes later he was back on as the world was grinding to a halt in the midst of the pandemic Barassa has since gone pro with Winnipeg Gold Eyes of the American Association and just finished his third season there. He's also coming off a year where he was able to represent Canada at the Pan Am Games. Landon, it has been a long time coming. Welcome back to the podcast. No, thank you. Thanks for having me on. As mentioned a little while, uh, the last time we chatted officially was February of 2020. The world's coming to a close. You're down at the University of San, uh, University of San Francisco, just kind of getting rolling. And then all of a sudden the world comes to a stop. A lot's changed since then. We'll get to some of the, the things that have happened since then. But let's start off with going pro. Uh, you just finished your third season with Winnipeg Gold Eyes. Looking back on this past season specifically, how'd things go through your eyes? I mean, any time that you can go through an entire season and stay healthy the whole year, it's already a success. And was able to have some some other successes too. Uh, we didn't, as a group, we didn't win as much as we would have liked to. I mean, but you know, we were competitive and you know, playing meaningful games basically all the way through the season. So you can't ask for much more, and just didn't go our way. Numbers wise, eleven and six, a four point six two ERA, couple of complete games. You're third on the team in innings pitched. You became a workhorse, as mentioned. You got to stay healthy, which is a good thing. When you look back on it, how would you rate your performance? I mean, I think it was just kind of, it was good. Overall, it was good. I wouldn't say it was exceptional. I think there was some times where I was exceptional and there were some times where I wasn't that great. But I mean, I think there was at all but two starts I was able to get through five plus innings. So, I mean, at least in that regard, just trying to go as deep as I can in ball games, um, and then winning, you know, seven starts in a row at one point, like that was kind of a success, especially when we're kind of in the midst of that playoff push. I mean, that's, that's the kind of stuff that you look back on and think fondly of. So I'll remember that stuff for sure. When you talk about that seven in a row, what was going well for you during that stretch that really kind of gave you that confidence every time you went up on the bump? Well, I mean, first of all, the guys were scoring runs for me every time I went out there. So, like, <laughs> so it made it pretty easy. But no, just fastball command, right? Everything kind of comes off that. And I was able to execute my pitches off that. And like I said, the guys just played well behind me because wins are such a an antiquated stat at this point. But it's just kind of funny to, to see them rack up in a row like that. 
Mm-hmm. It, kind of the anti Kevin Gosman of the Blue Jays, right? Like the guy can't get any run support, and and yet here you are getting all the run support for the guys. As you mentioned, he didn't get into the playoffs this year. On the outside, looking in, looking ahead, though, what's going to be key for you to get over that hump as a team to to get into the dance for the postseason? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be kind of like it always is in independent baseball, right? Where you got to you're going to have your holdovers, those guys that are coming back the next year, and then obviously going out and finding some other guys that are going to be able to contribute to a winning ball club. And and just like kind of building around that core that we've got because there's a, a good group of players, and it's just a matter of kind of getting the pieces around them. And and like there's plenty of talent in that locker room, and it's just kind of up to the management to, to see how we're going to build the roster going forward. But, I mean, the pieces are definitely there. And, I mean, if our season extends another 40 games, who's to say we don't, we don't get in because we were definitely a much better second-half team we were in the first half this year. Mm-hmm. You're weirdly become one of the savvy veterans. It feels like yesterday that I first talked to you, and here you are three years later as as one of those key pieces going forward. Talk about that and being able to be sort of that that veteran presence, but also that veteran Canadian presence on a team that a lot of those guys, especially especially the newbies, they might not have ever been in Canada before. So walk us through being that that veteran presence and being that that person to lean on for some of those younger guys. Yeah, I mean, especially when it comes to independent baseball, you don't see guys stick around for really more than more than two years most often. And so to be here for a third season, I mean, I would always joke with the guys that I played for the Gold Eyes when uh, Navy was still in our, in our color scheme. <laughs> we had a throwback night where we were wearing Navy jerseys and, and uh, saying, oh, yeah, I remember wearing these. And that kind of stuff is funny. But especially for a lot of those guys that haven't been to Canada, I mean, it's sometimes it's things that you don't even think about, like um, telling them, like, hey, like, maybe what what bank to go use or like what booster juice is or something like that, you know, the kind of places to go. And, and sometimes it's even things like their uh, like the social security, social insurance, like kind of how that, that switches. And, you know, it's just different. Some guys don't really understand um, that the countries are so similar, but there's also just a little bit of differences in there. So just trying to provide the, the expertise that I've got, I guess, from living in both countries for so many years. Mm. How cool is it from your perspective to be able to, I, I saw, a face, I, and the reason I asked this is I saw an Instagram post where you're in front of a sign with your photo on it and, you know, wow. promoting yeah. the the next game kind of thing. But it, it kind of goes with that is the, the community piece, like being a veteran and being a part of that team for the three years, you've been able to kind of become I don't want to say the face of the franchise, but you become a face of the franchise, right? Like you're you're able to to be there for the kids who want to get an autograph, and you're there to be a promotional piece. And that, how cool is it to be able uh, to have been able to integrate yourself within the community in Winnipeg? Yeah, that stuff. I think that's the special part, right? That's kind of what keeps you coming back at the end of the day, and and just knowing how how many familiar faces there is around the ballpark, right? The season ticket holders, the people that are you know working the games, and just the community in general. So there's. It's just when when people recognize you and you start to recognize people, it's a really cool feeling to have that interaction of, hey, like we're in this together, right? Like it's an organization built around winning and and that's what we do. And to see other people that are working towards the same kind of goals and then just see them every single day. I mean, it's it's a special opportunity to be kind of an ambassador, I, I'd like to call it at that point. Mm-hmm. Have you gotten stopped in the grocery store at all and asked for an autograph or any weird spots like that? <laughs> no, definitely not the grocery store because like baseball, it's not like baseball players face so that recognizable. But <laughs> there's definitely, um, I mean, at, at times, right? Like I, I guess you could say like being outside the ballpark and stuff like that. But the best part about Winnipeg is it's such a sports city, and everybody always loves to talk about the franchises. So mm. whenever I, I do get an opportunity to catch up with people, or whether it be like 
you know, visits to the children's hospital, like we did this year, stuff like that. It's just fun to interact with other people that are really passionate about the gold eyes. Very cool. Uh, earlier this year, you had the opportunity to do something you had never done before, and that's represent Canada with the Maple Leaf on the hat at the Pan Am Games. Take us back, though, to before the tournament even started. And when did you find out that this was even going to be a possibility, let alone become a reality? I mean, that was um, that was fun. I think it was just kind of like those events kind of come up so rarely. And definitely like Todd Hupka and Les McTavish were really helpful in terms of getting me in contact with Greg Hamilton and, and just kind of at least saying, Hey, like if, you know, if you need an arm kind of thing and, and I've been, I've been throwing pretty well and the stuff is pretty good. And, and I mean, just Greg gave me a call one day when we were down in Chicago and just said, Hey, are you interested in doing this? And I was like, absolutely. Like this is a no brainer kind of decision. Like anything team Canada related, I'm in, it doesn't matter where it is, uh, what it is, I'm doing it. And so just to kind of get that opportunity to be given that, and of course, you know, Winnipeg being okay with me just taking off for two weeks to go do that tournament. I mean, it was like, it was such an unbelievable experience. I had a ton of fun, met a bunch of really good dudes and was able to spend some good time with them down in Argentina. So was there a bit of a time there where you didn't know, like, did you have a conversation first and then had to wait for the roster to come out? Or did you know right away that you were going to be on the roster? Walk us through the, the process heading in. Well, it's, I don't know, it was just kind of funny because that tournament didn't really exist until like that January or February. And then they, they added the tournament because unfortunately, like we had, as a team, we had medaled like basically two golds and a silver, I think, in the last three Pan Am games. So for mm -hmm. us to just not be included in this next tournament, it seemed like a little bit weird. So at least there was a, there was a qualifying tournament um, that was made and, and I had really had no idea. Like I just kind of, I saw the event was coming up. I thought, Oh, that'd be really cool. And then of course you go back to the rest of your season and preparing. And then, like I said, just about a week before we left, I got a call from Greg Hamilton and, and that was just kind of, it was like, all right, I'm in at that point. Right. And then you're moving everything around. Yeah. You're changing your schedule around the whole nine. I can only imagine. It's yeah. one thing to know that you're going to be representing Canada. When I talk to different athletes who've done that, it's another when they get the jersey, they get the hat, they get to actually physically put it on. Talk us through the feels of seeing that and like looking in the mirror and going, oh, this is this is real now. Yeah, I think it, I mean, the moment for me where I was like, oh, this is real is when I, you know, meet Ernie Witt in the locker room and he's just, hey, you know, thanks for being and just the nicest guy, right? So I, that kind of moment was like, okay, like this is, this is a pretty cool opportunity. And of course, seeing all the, seeing the gear in the locker and you put it on and you're kind of looking in the mirror like, I like the look of it. This is going to be a pretty fun experience. And of course, to get to do it with just so many really good guys and guys that have so much experience, but not only that, but guys that I've played with in the past, right. Getting to see some familiar faces like West Arville and, and Seabrook again and Markland, like some of those guys that I've known, it was really cool just to get to go through that with those guys. Mm -hmm. As mentioned, a lot of veteran presence on that team as well, whether it's Andrew Albers or others, how much of that experience is, being the sponge and learning versus, you know, the usual day-to-day -day grind of, okay, this is what we're facing. These are the kinds of bats we're going to be having to go up against that kind of thing, scouting reports, et cetera, et cetera. How much of it is, is just kind of learning about the the lives and experiences of some of these, these veterans? Yeah, honestly, I mean, I love the saying that there's, there's no substitute for experience and the amount of guys we had on that team, there was a ton of experience. And and like we had talked before we went on here, it's not just baseball experience. A lot of it's life experience, right? Whether it's talking business with some of the older guys and, 
and this and that, but there's just so much to be learned. And, and the big part of it is just being a sponge too, right? But also recognizing that that myself as an individual brings something unique to that team too through my experiences. So it was really nice to just to, you know, share some stories and, and get to know those guys because it almost seems like now I've got connections in every single province. No matter where I'm at, there's always somebody that I'll know who's got a facility if I need to work out or if I need a place to stay kind of thing. So that's it's just an awesome experience, especially it almost feels like a brotherhood. And, and I really enjoyed that aspect of it. As you mentioned, we were talking about a little off air. Tell the story about Scott Matheson because he, it sounds like he became sort of the, the chatterbox of the group and being able to to kind of bring the, the room together to have uh, conversations about not just baseball, but life in general. Yeah, I mean, that his life experiences are just pretty wild. I mean, the amount of time that he spent playing in Japan, and I loved asking him about asking him about that, and now he lives down in Florida and, and just kind of sharing some of the experiences. But, yeah, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun, and, and there's a group of us that we'd always, you know, kind of hang out at the hotel, maybe drink a bottle of wine, just catch up. And, and one of the nights, Scott joined us, and, and, I mean, we just talked business, right? We pretended that we were, like, some kind of entrepreneurs who were just shooting pitches at each other, all of us, and <laughs> – and that stuff's kind of fun, right? Like it's, you know, there's the baseball part and everybody's got that experience, but anybody who's been in any kind of a pro locker room understands that you kind of at times too want to step back from the baseball side and get mm-hmm. to know each other as people because when you're around it so like 24 seven, sometimes you need a bit of a break and to be able to talk business with somebody so experienced like that, like that was just a lot of fun for us. Very cool. Is, is business sort of one of those things that uh, becomes sort of a galvanizing force? Because I feel like there's a lot of ball players who like, talking business versus say other sports for example right like it could be really easy to go hey how are the flames or oilers doing for example it's but yet it sounds like business and and side hustles almost become uh top of mind for a lot yeah and i think that's just kind of inevitable right because everybody every pro athlete you're always going to have some other kind of a career and i think it's just a part of it too is just a learning experience and learning from what other people have done and how they've been able to be successful in their lives and I mean, I'm, I think about myself as a little bit older, but I'm really not. I'm still only 26. And especially being on a team like that, where you have guys that have basically been professionals my entire adult life and always watching those guys on TV. So realizing in that moment, yeah, I'm still pretty young and I got the rest of my life ahead of me to really, you know, do some different things. So it was cool just to hear different stories. Does it give you a bit of a glimpse into the future as well when it comes to the baseball side of it as well? Thinking about, you know, possibly doing it again in the not too distant future? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I It's, you know, you got to take it all one day at a time, one year at a time kind of thing, and we'll see when the next opportunity comes. But I mean, it was it was just such a good experience. And I'm really thankful to, to Baseball Canada for having me on the trip and getting to be a part of it because it was it was definitely something I'll never forget. You mentioned the international guys who've played in other countries. Is that something that has crossed your mind at all? Is not that you're trying to run away from Winnipeg at all, but at the same time, like, there, there's plenty of baseball to be had around the world. Have you ever thought about moving, you know, Australia or, or anywhere else? Yeah, definitely thought about it. I think where that comes from is my roommate in college at USF. He was from Tokyo. And so okay. he tells me, oh, you got to come play in Japan. You got to come play here. And so I think there's always opportunities. And one of the things that you learn from being around other guys is how many different opportunities there are around the globe, whether it be Mexico, Australia, uh, Asia, even, even Europe, too, if you want to play a different style of baseball in that aspect. Mm-hmm was that an eye-opener speaking of the international side is you never really think about it because baseball seems from an outsider's perspective like it's one in the same game across the country but then you watch an international tournament like the pan am or the uh, wbc and you notice how much different was that an eye-opener for you was seeing the different styles of ball that's played from country to country yeah i mean it 
I guess maybe it's not like maybe not styles is is the right kind of word, but I think it's baseball means something different culturally in in each country, right? Where, um, you know, you think of Canada as kind of like a winter sport type nation, so it's kind of funny, but like just physiologically, the group of guys that we had was a very large group of guys, and then we're playing against some of the you know Central or South American countries, kind of like Peru or Honduras, where the stature is very different mm-hmm. from the group of players that we have. So that was kind of the, the immediate thing that you notice. But I mean, ball players are ball players, no matter where you're at. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it definitely the Prairie uh, ball boys. You notice right off the bat. Oh, you've been, you've been lifting bales your whole life. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's a little bit of a difference. <laughs> yeah. uh, a couple more for you here. Being able to play pro ball over the last few years, what's been the biggest surprise or challenge that, that maybe you didn't take into consideration when you were first, uh, first getting into the scene? Um, I mean, I think the one that's really easy to talk to is just the, the season, right? You think about playing a hundred games and, and if they feel a level affiliate level guys playing 140 games, plus you got spring training, all that kind of stuff, but it's a long season, right? It, it, you look at it from the outset. It's like, okay, it's a hundred games. Think about, so you're making 20 starts, but once you actually get into it and it's day by day and playing every single day, like it's, it just kind of becomes such an easy routine that you just kind of fall into. Mm-hmm. And I say easy as in it just happens. I don't, I mean, it's, there's nothing really easy about it, but you get used to it because it just kind of happens where you wake up, you go to the field, right? You right. go to the field, you get your workout in, you play the game, you eat, you go back home, you go to sleep, right? And it just kind of falls into that. And it really, it sets a good routine for me for those four months that we're doing it. And then you kind of, when you get into the off season, there's that challenge of, okay, now I've got so much time in my day. I got to do some other kind of job to work. And so now it's, now you're lining things up for yourself. And I just love the beauty of when you're in season like that and it's just go, go, go. Everything's just kind of built in for you. And you just, you go where you need to be when you need to be there and you just get to be a part of it. It's really easy. Mm -hmm. Conversely, one of the interesting opportunities in all of this is that you've been able to play professional baseball in your home country. What has that meant to you? That's that's definitely something that's been special. I think, you know, every year we've had, I think it's been no more than four at a time, but sometimes only down to two at a time Canadian players on this team. And so there's kind of that shared brotherhood between the guys that are Canadian playing here in Winnipeg, just because we have similar experiences in a sense, but also I've, it just seems like we've always kept track of each other, right? Where mm-hmm. we always know somebody who's known them or like we're always kind of a few degrees of separation away. So it's a really familiar group. Every time somebody gets brought in that's Canadian, it's, oh, you know this guy. And it's just like the country is pretty vast, but the baseball community seems pretty tight. And so to get that opportunity to always, you know, play with and get to know even more guys is that's fun. And it's just kind of a special feeling too, because it, I think it's funny when we go to the U.S. and some people in the stands will be heckling us about all being Canadians. And it's like, no, there's really only just him and him. And at times, most often, there's no Canadians on the field. But yeah, I guess it's a Canadian club. So that kind of stuff is funny. And mm-hmm. and I kind of take a little bit of pride in that just because it, I don't know, it amuses me in a sense. Speaking of amusing, one of the things that uh, I was, as I was looking around at different stuff, uh, you were mic'd up for a game with the Gold Eyes. And there's some pretty good jokes. Now, I got to ask the question, though. Do you actually sing to the umpires? with the ump song oh my god i love that song they play it every single day it's like i said though with the routine of stuff like you you hear and you see the same things every single day so you got Mm. you know there's a song that plays when the umps come out there's a song that plays right before the game like there's 
the song that plays whenever we change a pitcher, right? Like there's, there's these things that when you're around Shaw Park and now, I mean, well, only 50 games a year for, for almost three seasons. I mean, it seems like I've, you know, got to be well over a hundred games played there where there's mm-hmm. some things that just don't change. And I love that part of it. Right. I feel like at times I almost make a joke, like I'm a season ticket holder or something. Cause I only throw every fifth game. So right. you know, a lot of it is just me getting to, to be at the stadium and, and, and see the, uh, the production and everything, which is, by the way, is fantastic. I don't know if anybody's, if you haven't made it out to a game, I mean, it's, it's just a fun time. Like I had mm-hmm. no idea that Winnipeg even really existed before I came the gold as I'm speaking, not the city, right. but I didn't really know the gold as existed before I came out here and started playing and, and just like the sense of community and how many people we get every single night. And it's like, there's a, there's such an entertainment value to it. And I think I love just, you know, making sure that all friends, family, anybody who I know out here, like comes to all the games because everybody always seems to walk away, just entertained and have a good time with it. That's fantastic. Now who's got the best, do you have the best singing voice on the team to be able to sing along with the ump song or who's, who takes no, that no. nod? <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have no idea. I think that's the baseball players. We try to stay in our lane a little bit. <laughs> I got to say, I had a good laugh. There's a couple of uh, great jokes in there as well. I'll, uh, I'll include that as part of the podcast, at least the audio part for, for those who want to listen in a uh, couple more for you here. You've seen a lot over the last few years here, and and I don't remember if I asked you this the first time or not, but maybe your perspective's changed a little bit since yeah. you were in university. Is those kids who are just starting out in their baseball journeys here in Alberta and, and looking to become the next Landon Barassa or you know the next Matt Lloyd or the next you know, uh, Mike Soroka, for example? What kinds of piece of advice would you give to them to make sure that they're going along the same path that you might have gone or or achieve more? I mean, I think it just comes down to to doing what you love to do. And I think baseball for me was something that I really love to do. So it's about just kind of pursuing that and getting every opportunity you can to play and trying to find a way to just to continue that love, right? Where if it's if it's enjoyable for you, keep it that way, right? Make sure that all the work and all the, you know, everything that you're putting in is something that you enjoy doing. Because I think that that's what fuels people, especially when you get higher and higher in baseball, is it's not always the most talented guys that, that succeed, but I find it's the guys that have that truest passion for the game that continue to succeed. What's next for you? Um, we got a fantasy football draft at 11. So, uh, <laughs> Very honestly, important business. First, you know, first one, we've got a, we've got a group of guys that are all either gold eyes or former gold eyes players. So it's, you know, it's, it's pretty important that I, uh, that I do well in that one, but no, that's, that's what's immediately next. But honestly, I think it's, just kind of getting getting prepared for next year, having a, a full off season to really really prepare, hone my craft, and just be ready to ready to have another good season and stay healthy. If you've got the first overall pick, who are you taking? No, I don't even know because the best part is I'm going to do all my pre draft uh, prep. I'm going to do it about 15 minutes before the draft, <laughs> and we'll just see how it goes. I've heard uh, I've heard not to take a quarterback first, but in my mind that doesn't make sense because that seems like the most important position, but. All the experts are telling me wide receiver or uh, running back. So I don't know. I've got seventh in a seventh overall pick. So we'll just see who's available at that point in time. It's funny. I think you and I have a very similar approach to uh, football drafts and I'm the same mindset. And for years I took Drew Brees or Tom Brady whenever I had a, like a top pick and never, I think I maybe won once. <clears throat> so maybe there is some rhyme or reason to this whole take a running back first mentality. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, at this point in my fantasy football management career, I've never lost. So I've also never won, but I've never lost at this point. So we'll see what happens. As long as you come away with, you know, having some fun and hey, if you get third and get your money back once in a while, hey, that's not a bad thing either, right? Who knows? Like, we'll see how this goes. We'll absolutely see. <laughs> Great stuff, Landon. Final question for you. It's one we ask everybody, and I can't believe I look back on it. I don't think I asked you this the first time around. What does the game of baseball mean to you? Mm. I mean, it means a whole lot. I think it's for me, and at this point in my career, especially, it's something that's really connective for myself, my family. Um, you know, getting to be on the phone with my my grandparents and and knowing that they watch the games. Uh, and especially my mom, dad, sister, brother, like everybody, and aunt and uncle too. Like everybody just loves to tune into my game. So I think it's really connective. And that's how I've been able to, um, you know, see a lot of my family over the last couple of years because having family in Alberta, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg's like I'm in the closest place possible. So mm-hmm. to get the opportunity to play in front of family, um, that's been really fun for me. And just to, just to know that everybody's always watching and and I always get so many text messages after the game and just their support has been so much that it's like I said, it's, it's connective, right? It kind of brings the whole family together. Cause I know that even when I'm playing and they might not be messaging me, but they're talking amongst each other about how my game's <laughs> going or that kind of thing or, or how the team's doing. So it's been awesome just to see that, especially over the last couple of years and being in a place where, you know, San Francisco is a little bit further for some of them to travel, but even getting my grandparents out to a game this year for the first time, that was pretty special because I know that I know they really enjoyed getting the opportunity to watch me pitch. Very, very cool. Well, Landon, really appreciate being able to catch up with you. Congratulations on all the success you've had at this point with Winnipeg and continued success going forward in your baseball journey. And thanks again so much for joining us here on the podcast. As always, I, I'm always happy to support and I appreciate everything that you do for Alberta baseball. Thanks again to Simon Baker, Benito Benilla, and Landon Barassa for joining us this week. And thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. If you like this or any other episode, we'd love to get a rating and review as those actions help spread the word about ADS. And don't forget to hit subscribe as we have new episodes dropping every Thursday. A tip of the cap as well to our Platinum supporters for all they do for us and for baseball in Alberta. The Okotoks Dogs and AHP Academy have been integral in helping us tell the game stories here in our province. For more on our amazing sponsors, head to albertadugoutstories.com slash supporters. Until next time, thank you for all of your support online, on social, and on air of Alberta Dugout Stories.